lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. It's amazing. It's like this studio knows, gentlemen, that it's about to be replaced. Screens are going out. Things are going dark. It's like it's just, it, it, it recognized, you know what, we can go ahead and tap out here, right? So uh, alongside Totters and an Aaron McIntyre, yes, uh, you can't see it, but if we were to turn the cameras around, uh, you would see quite the mess. Uh, so the, uh, the Blaze master crew uh, will be here this week uh, to uh, give us what looks like a serious studio upgrade. We are looking forward to that. And we've been warning you for the last week or so that the next couple of months could get uh, a little uh, sketch in terms of random schedule changes and things of that nature. In fact, after the nefarious movie call I had yesterday that confirmed things are going to be cranking up pretty uh, rapidly here on that front. So uh, a reminder, uh, today uh, we are taping tomorrow's show after this show. Because we've got to be out of this space tomorrow uh, to begin prepping for the studio upgrade that will then take place Wednesday through Sunday with the hopes that if all goes well, so no shows at all on Thursday and Friday, you will get an original show tomorrow and it'll be your Wednesday show with Buy, Seller, Hold. It'll just be taped later today. So if you're wondering why are you all wearing the same clothes, don't you bathe? That is why. Okay, Uh, and then we are completely out Thursday and Friday and then uh, Monday. You should uh, come in and uh, tune in and and see dramatically upgraded new digs for the program. So bear with us as we go through that process and then some uh, scheduling quirks as well over the next couple of months, too. We uh, appreciate all of you. Also want to let you know about something we're going to debut on the show here for the first time. In just a few moments. I'll tell you about that after I tell you about our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Make sure when they start Let's Go Brandoning the Food Supply, like they have Let's Go Brandon and everything else, make sure you are ready with our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Get their three month emergency food kit now for 20% off and free shipping. Get it for 20% off. What is their emergency food kit, by the way? Breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks. And drinks. So the full complement of 2,000 calories plus for you and everyone in your household. 20% off right now and free shipping if you go to my landing page for this offer. Just to make sure you have peace of mind to know that your family is taken care of. When you go to preparewithdace.com, once more that is preparewithdace.com. So I know a lot of you, if you are longtime listeners to the show, know I have a bit of a background, uh, both in terms of constructing and also covering the nuts and bolts of politics, polling, data, things of that nature, right? Doing this has become increasingly difficult because for a long time, the polling industry on horse race stuff, you you have not been able to trust the issue-based polling from legacy media for quite a long time now. That's all been push polling uh, to make the questions as favorable to their preferred agenda as possible. But, and I follow this stuff, I've documented it for literally decades. You you actually have been able to trust a, a lot of the horse race polling. You In midterms, when turnout is lower, and so therefore, if one group shows up unexpectedly higher, it can swing a much more massive you know, outcome in an election. But A lot of times, at least to some degree, there has been some form of credibility within the horse race polling. 
just as any other shred of credibility, the spirit of the age decided to cast aside here in, in the Trump era, the MAGA era, that has now happened to polling. And I think I showed you guys of the 16 polls that were used in the Real Clear Politics polling average in 2020, only five were within their margin for errors. Five out of the 16. And, and when I say the others were not within the margin for, I mean like nowhere near. Like CNN was off by nine points. I mean, that's just, you're, you can't pay for somebody to be that bad unless you're really paying for somebody to be that good, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying, G. Right? You know what I'm saying? I do. I think you hear me knocking and I'm coming in. So today I'm going to unveil, today officially is five weeks until the midterm elections. I keep being a week early because I keep forgetting with November 1st being the first Tuesday that the election gets pushed back a week to the 8th. So five weeks from today will be the midterm elections. And since we can't even really rely on the real clear politics polling average any longer, but I still believe in wisdom and a multitude of counsel, as the good book says. So here's what we are going to debut today. I have created the proven polling average. The proven polling average. Over the last uh, six years, four polls have shown to stand the test of time of accuracy. Rasmussen, Trafalgar, Investors Business Daily, and Emerson College. I have gone through and looked at now Investors Business Daily is not doing horse race polling in the midterm, so we throw them out, right? But over the weekend, I went through and looked at the latest data, both nationally and state by state of those polls. And at the bottom of this hour, we're going to debut what those results are telling us from the proven polling average, meaning the polls that have proven to not decide to just sell their souls to the Romans one spirit of the age and try to actually do real polling. Now, when I mentioned last week that the only four polls left to be trusted were those four, several of you rightly uh, pushed back on me in, in numerous uh, outlets that I give you access to interact with us about the people's pundit, Rich Barris. Now, I've followed Rich on Twitter for the last few years. I have a lot of respect for his work. It's just he does a lot of the exact same work that I do. And we come to almost the exact same conclusions a lot of the time. And I just wasn't sure how, that's why we never had him on. I'm like, hey, you know, I think this. Well, so do I. Okay, cool. Uh, next day. You know what I mean? I mean, that gets a little monotonous after a while. Mm -hmm. We're just sitting here, um, you know, slap phallusing each other for 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we got the exact same answers. That's great. All right. See you next time. But then many of you pointed out to me that he, and I didn't know this, he actually does his own polling. It's not just that he does poll analysis and deconstruction like we do. He just does a more in-depth because it's his full-time gig. He actually does his own polling. Yeah. Now that I know that, I had you reach out to him right away. Yeah. He is going to join us at the bottom of the hour as we unveil this proven polling average. And I'm going to let him go through what he is saying in his data and go through our polling average and basically play fake news or not with it. Does he think that this thing's going to hold up or what does he think this means and projects as we go through these battleground states that are key here in the 2022 midterms? So I'm looking forward to that. And, and I want to thank everybody in the audience that rightly said, hey, point of order, 
you forgot somebody. So you were right. That got my attention. And so Rich will be with us here at the bottom of this hour. What's amazing about this, as prodigious as your bandwidth is, you've had to spend so much time in the... This never would have got past you, but you've had to been learning like what T-cells are and all <laughs> yeah, this stuff. Yeah, I've been a little preoccupied yeah. with subject matter I knew nothing about that they yeah. were using to literally invade our, the exactly. West, the, all of Western civilization. So yes, uh, thank you for uh, giving me a, an excuse I probably don't deserve, but I will appreciate nevertheless. Uh, also, we will... Uh, officially have fake news or not with a question is this constitutional republic fake news or not my buddy chip roy put out a thread i don't even know how we'll have time to get through all of it frankly this is one of the longest threads i've ever seen in my life and it's all the stuff that is included in this budget bill that most republicans forget about funding a government that you know is a foreign invading army of your way of life. It's all the other filth that they're fully willing to fund. Because I can't have a southern government shut down. All right. We're going to go through that after my daughter Anastasia puts us through her weekly uh, test coming up next hour. And then I had fully planned for Pop Culture Tuesday this week to break down Don't Worry Darling. I'm going to put that off for one more week. We'll do it next week. If any of you were planning on seeing the film, there's no way I can do the breakdown without spoiling all of it. All right, so you'll have one more week of warning. We will do it next week, all right? But the complete and total flop of the bros movie requires a worldview conversation for sure. And uh, and in the immediate, because that's happening right now. And um, we will get to that on Pop Culture Tuesday. I think we may have learned, you wonder, and we were beginning to wonder, would the rubber band ever snap back again in this culture? Is it just irrevocably gone, right? That there are no, there, the boundaries of the reverb could never happen again. We've, I mean, I was wondering that. I don't know about you two. You two were wondering oh, that yeah. too? Yeah, I was just Very beginning much. to wonder that the rubber band was just snapped and it's just the mob outside Lot's house every day now, 24-7, right? Nah, I think we have, I think we have approached a red line with the American people that... I wish the red line was, you know, like a mile that way. Yeah, a mile the other way. Okay. But we've at least found there is some red line somewhere, somewhere. All right. I will explain that and let you guys comment on that uh, for Pop Culture Tuesday. But before we get to all of those things, of course, let us begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by two. Santa smashing media narratives about Hurricane Ian. As you could expect, the media is desperately trying to Hurricane Katrina Ron DeSantis by making up false narratives about aid being delayed and delayed evacuations. And also, as you can expect, DeSantis is having none of it. Hi, I want to talk to you about evacuation orders. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, this has been, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me, this has been handled ad nauseum. I, you, I know you can talk about the, these officials. Ask them about it. That's fine. Go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead, ma'am. Okay, okay, okay. Stop. 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 Okay. We should be focusing on what we can do to do good. We should be focusing on lifting people up and stop incessantly talking and trying to cast aspersions on people that were doing the best job they could with imperfect information. I'm always...
I just and I was some from the last uh, the Friday before the storm. I followed not just the NHC track, the Euro model, the ICON model, the GFS. Most of you probably don't even know what those are. So I followed those religiously overnight, all this stuff. You'd get the data, you'd go, and you'd try to figure out. It was moving west, and then it started coming back east. So people were doing that, and I just think it's fine to like say what you want, but it's a little rich coming from an industry that on Monday all day, they were all in Tampa Bay saying it was gonna be the worst case scenario for Florida straight into Tampa Bay. That's what they were saying. Now they're turning around and wondering why people 150 or 120 miles didn't do something they were not telling people to do. There may have been people here in Southwest Florida who were watching those reports saying, well, it's gonna go to Tampa, so I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna stand pat, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride it out. So, um, of course you look to see what you can do better, but I, but I just think we need to focus on, on, on getting people where they need to be. Moving on, political violence is always bad, except for when it's not updates. In just the last two weeks, we of course had that North Dakota teenager who was run over and killed by a Democrat because they had a political argument. Two volunteers for Texas Governor Greg Abbott's gubernatorial campaign were assaulted while out on a door knocking campaign. In Michigan, an 83 year old pro life volunteer was shot in the back while passing out information about alternatives to baby killing. The 74 year old man who shot the volunteer is only being charged with assault. And in New Mexico, GOP gubernatorial candidate Mark Ronchetti had the windows in his home shot out. In a Vermont high school, teenage girls have been banned from using the women's locker room after they had the audacity to complain about boys who feel pretty using their facilities. According to reporting from the Daily Signal, a 14-year-old girl was dressing for a game at Randolph Union High School when a boy began to enter the locker room. She proceeded to ask him to leave, and he would not. Later, the school district sent out an email to all parents of all students at the school informing them they were launching a harassment investigation into the incident, but not at the boy who walked in on the girls changing. The American Medical Association has sent a letter to big tech companies as well as the Department of Justice asking both entities to pursue avenues to quash so-called disinformation about chemical castration and genital mutilation of children because gender. Great reset update. This woman is the UN Secretary for Global Communications. She was in Davos recently at the World Economic Forum to talk about how to tamp down so-called disinformation about global warming. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world you know, should know it. Checking in on Joe Biden, who visited Puerto Rico. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. Deep thoughts with Nancy Pelosi. I believe that we will win the ha hold the ha house and we will hold the house <laughs> by winning more seats. And finally, this from The Daily Show. My fellow Americans, Words have many meanings, and sometimes instead of conveying our meaning, they can suggest other meanings. When we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. Well, we are the United States of America because we are united. And we are states. I'm talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Whatever we have in store 
cannot be known. The past was once the future. The future is, I should say, unknown. We gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. Obesity is a serious disease, and it needs to be taken seriously. You need to get to go, and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. I hope that clarifies the issue, and this can be the last word on those words. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly we're not. No, that's right, and that's why I do believe that we are living sadly, in um, real unsettled times. And that's what happened while we were away. I had not seen that. Any coincidence Trevor Noah announces, hey, I'm out of here? Yeah, what's going on? And like 24, 24 hours later, they, they roll out with that? Like I... Remember what I said last week about the reporters? It's too heavy a lift. What do you do with that? Here's what you're going to do with that. This time next year, that's the president of the United States. <laughs> that's what you're going to do with it. I know. This time next year, that's the president of the United States, and Pete Buttigieg is vice president. That will be an easier job for them, because they can always just pivot, pivot to racism and misogyny. Correct. Yeah. And in a similar vein, recall the documentary we saw yesterday yeah. talking about the Great Reset? Yeah. The Greatest Reset, by the way. A bunch of you emailed me. What's the name of it? The Greatest Reset. Once more, the documentary we talked about yesterday is called The Greatest Reset. And then the very next day, one montage, one day's bit of news. Yeah. Occam's Razor, like Aaron said. Tell me that's the most, everything it says in that documentary isn't the logical conclusion you must draw from the events of the day. Well, shameless self-promotional plug. This ties directly into Rise of the Fourth Reich, which we are just putting to bed this week uh, for sending off to the printer. And I'll talk about that here in just a minute. Oh, yes. Get the thing. Thank you, Aaron. Get the introduction. If you want to read our opening statement, it is structured like a Nuremberg trial. If you want to get the opening statement, it's still available for free. You can read it right now. Trials and execution. Trials, plural. Execution, singular. Trialsandexecution.com. You can go there, read the opening statement. It will knock your socks off, I promise you. It will knock your socks off. All right? What do you get between uh, my rhetorical flourishes and Daniel's thoroughness? 400 pages. That's what you get. That was the book that I put, that I approved yesterday. The interior lab was 400 pages. Okay? Over 200 pages footnotes in that book all right so get the in, get the opening statement for free at trials and execution.com put in your email address we'll send the pdf to you our friends over at moink hey over 60 percent of all the pork in this country is sold by a firm that has majority chinese ownership yeah um not good bob not good right that's why you want to go farm to table the way previous generations did with generations old in some cases uh or even longer family farms here in america with our friends over at moink get pastured pork and chicken grass finished beef and lamb sustainable wild caught wild caught that's easy for me to say alaskan salmon and more delivered straight to your door every single month with our friends over at moink m-o-i-n-k and they've got a special offer for you right now free filet mignon in every order for a year that you make free filet mignon in every order that you make for a year 
if you sign up at moinkbox.com slash Steve, M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com slash Steve. If you sign up there, free filet mignon in every order you make for a year at moinkbox.com slash Steve. All right. Um, we were going to title the... Uh, we were looking to title this book that Daniel and I have been working on that you now know as Rise of the Fourth Reich. And when I suggested to our publisher at Post Hill that we title that, and then this was, you know, four, five, six months ago. By the way, breaking news, we should mention this. You know what I told you was going to happen months ago is exactly what is happening now. It's true. Elon Musk has agreed to go through with the sale of Twitter. And you're seeing now Twitter's stock is soaring. And I, I think I told you months ago when I, I think it was July when they filed the suits against each other. I told you right then that'll never go to trial. It'll never happen. This is a negotiation. And if it's a if 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 and that if Musk can't get a lower share price, he's, he's going to buy it for about the share price he originally agreed. If he doesn't get that, he'll have so devalued their stock by pointing out what a phony platform they are with all the bots that his, his ceiling of appreciation and ROI in that investment will soar because he'll have so lowered the standard of expectation for Twitter. So either way he wins, either he gets out of here with a lower stock price or he so debased his initial investment that what it will take now, even less effort of authentication. And oh, by the way, one way you show that Twitter has a new increase in authenticated profiles. Well, by golly, what was, what was Elon Musk one of his big ideas if he took over Twitter back in April when he first made the proposal? Do you remember? authenticating everybody. Everybody can have a blue check mark now. It's almost as if this guy might, ha there might be reasons why he's the richest man in the world. Perhaps. It, 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 to quote the great George Papard on the A-Team, I love it when a plan comes together. This worked out perfectly. So the sale with Twitter will now go through with Elon Musk's ownership. So that is breaking news. As we told you months ago on this show, that's how this would end. This would never go to trial and it will not. The sale is going through. So um, when we were coming down the end of the uh, the interviews for Rise of the Fourth Reich, and we're like, what to title it, what to title it? And I just, you know, Daniel, I really struggle with it. And I just say, let's just put it off. And we get to the end of the book, the title itself will emerge. And so I'm talking to Daniel one day and, and we're getting to the end. I'm like, hey, I think I got our title. Rise of the Fourth Reich. He's like, I love it. Will the publisher go for it, though? I said, I don't know. Let's find out. So I went to our publisher at Post Hill, and they kind of, they balked. <laughs> it would, keep in mind, we're not the only book they will publish, be publishing <laughs> at a time. We're in a given year, right? And so you have to balance, hey, you know, does that put so much heat on us as a company? It hurts some of our other projects and our other authors. I get that, right? Okay. You do. What's more amazing about this is you are always one to, you'll err on the side of going too far, generally speaking, in terms of. Yes. But you've also been very clear in the past. I remember you clearly, like, you thought Nazi analogies were lazy most of the time. I was a strict enforcer yes. of Godwin's law, which is that says that if human beings argue with each other long enough, one of them will eventually call the other a Nazi. Yes. We were strict enforcers of that. It was not permitted to go there. Correct. That's a unique form of demonic evil that deserves its own special designation. It should not be 
phraseology and terminology that is cavalierly tossed yeah. around to diminish its weight and impact. But when the real thing came along, you said, Yo. correct, correct. Because I mean, I'm, I'm reading what we're writing here and that's, that's what we're writing here. And we had just finished an interview with a woman. That's the final interview we do in the book. One of the last remaining Holocaust survivors in America, Vera Sharav is her name. Sharp as a tack. Yeah. Too. And I mean, She's like Carrie Lake at 85. Yes. Okay, you know what I'm saying? If Carrie Lake was an 85-year-old Jewish woman, that would be Vera Sharab. She suffers no fools and hasn't. At 85, you, when, you know she will take the rolling pin to you at 85. Yeah. Now, she may not catch you like she used to be able to when she was 55. But, but she, she does. But she's going to try. <laughs> you know she's going to try. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She does not suffer any fools, man. And she just laid it down in this interview, in this book. And, and that's why we decided to make it the last interview in the book. And I'm like, and she's coming out with her own book called Never Again Is Now the parallels between Germany in the thirties and what happened here. So I'm like, let's go with rise of the fourth Reich and post Hill, you know, and, and I wasn't upset at all that they balked here. I just said, you know what? Do this. When we turn in the manuscript, the first draft, you start reading it. In fact, we'll just send you, I said, I'll send you the opening statement. That's all done. I'll send it to you right now. You read it. And if you don't think that it's a worthy title, we'll come up with something else. And I won't argue with you at all. They said, deal. They read that opening statement that's available to you for free at trialsandexecution.com and they came back and like, I'm kind of surprised that we don't title it, our ancestors shot redcoats for a lot less than this. And you probably listened to that too. I said, oh. <laughs> talk to me. Ta yeah, okay. <laughs> can, can we call it that? Can we do that? Um, after a fair trial, of course. Yes. yes. Uh, all, yeah, after a fair trial, of course. Yes. Um, then you see stories like the American Medical Association yesterday. Openly, just whether you want to go intifada, you want to go inquisition, whichever phrase you prefer, term you like. But calling upon the Department of Justice and big tech to both prosecute, punish, and censor those who would dare confront and condemn their mutilation of our children their island of Dr. Moreau antics. That's the American Medical Association, folks. That's the creme de la creme. The experts. The ultimate experts. The people that have lots of say in accreditations and what gets said and what gets studied and what does not. And now, when we suggested this title back in June, it seemed pretty edgy. We're sitting here in the first week of October. And if I would have just now told you that, hey, here's this book, Daniel, I've been working on, and here's the title, would anybody have batted an eyelash? Mm -hmm. I mean, when we, when we announced this to you back in July, and, and even Glenn was like, you know, when Glenn had, his on, had, had us on a show, does it measure up? You know, you know, a tree by its fruit. That's some Third Reich level stuff. And we just found out yesterday that Fauci is funding Dashik again, again for bat research. I'm glad you brought that up because there's, I, I can't even keep know, up with can't. everything. You can't. I, I'm, yeah, they're they're doing more bat research now. EcoHealth, Peter Dashik, just the devil, literally, is just rubbing your nose in it at this point. 
Just rubbing your nose in it. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? Have your red wave. What are they going to do? And this is, I was on Jesse Kelly's show yesterday, and this is, this is why I have so much urgency of this moment. You can now even see things like the, the Gallup poll today has a generic ballot. This is Gallup, guys. Generic ballot. Republicans plus 10. Plus 10. And Nancy Pelosi doped up on Adderall on one of these late night fluffer shows. We're going to win the House because we're going to win more seats. And I haven't blinked since 2007. Okay. Um, Botox. What is it? Oh, I have all. Okay. Um, we're in a situation where if your daughters don't want to be raped and they take and they finally do take a stand, the school sides with the would be predator. It won't be forever that the people, and I've seen estimates now, it may be 400 million guns we own. I don't know. It's at least 200 million. The people that own the hundreds of millions of guns are not just going to sit there forever. History shows. And say, by golly, you bet. Mutilate our children. Chest bind our daughters. Castrate our sons. Let them be raped and sodomized in your locker rooms. This was a John Grisham book called The Time to Kill. Yeah. They raped his little girl. Yeah. And he took it into his own hands. At the end, the, the jury found him innocent because of exactly the premise Steve is laying out for you right now. We are, the window of aggressive but peaceable action will not stay open forever. And I have a great fear of what will happen when all this energy and all this angst pours out and on November the 8th. And it's not a red wave. It's a tsunami. And then we get to January. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they looked from pig to man and man to pig and back to pig to man again and they couldn't tell which is which. And then what happens when people realize? Oh, so even if you count my vote, it doesn't matter? Here on the Steve Day Show, if you are a small business, you know that human resource issues can be an absolute killer. First of all, the expense, right? I mean, a good human resource manager nowadays, you're looking at on average about a $70,000 a year plus benefits investment. And a lot of small businesses, frankly, can't afford that. That's why you want to talk to our friends over at Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. B-A-M-B-E-E for Bambi. They are month-to-month, no long-term contracts. So maybe on a seasonal basis, you needed a little extra help. Maybe you've got uh, your HR person on a maternity leave or paternity leave or some other issue uh, on a temporary basis. Or maybe full-time, you're like, you know what, I, I just wish I could get somebody dedicated that would help me navigate these minefields all those answers can be answered in the affirmative with our friends over at Bambi. No long-term contracts, just $99 a month. You can go to Bambi.com slash or Bambi.com right now. Type in Steve Dace under podcast when you sign up. 
It'll really help the show. And uh, also, um, you can get uh, a conversation scheduled with one of the Bambi's consultants right now uh, to try to take this off your plate and relieve your stress level. Bambi.com slash Steve is where you want to go. Bambi.com slash Steve and under podcast. Type in my name, Steve Dace, when you sign up for some special offers. Again, Bambi.com slash Steve is where you want to go. Well, we are way overdue in having this gentleman on the show. Um, And frankly, it was just uh, an oversight on my part more than anything else, because I just thought there was a lot of overlap between uh, our skill sets. And I'm well aware of his work. I've shared a lot of it. Frankly, I've used it to kind of fact check my own work as well. And then a lot of you alerted me to the fact that he doesn't just do the same kind of analysis that we do, but that Rich also does his own polling. Oh, well. Now, now we definitely don't have a bunch of overlap, and we could certainly use all the credible pollsters we can get these days because they are few and far between. So for the first and probably not the last time, Rich Barris joins us. He is the People's Pundit, also has his own show and podcast to let us know how you can watch all that. Rich, it's good to have you with us here for the first time on Blaze TV radio and podcast on the Steve Day Show. Brother, how are you? I'm doing well, living the dream. It's great to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me. You bet. Tell folks how they can follow your work. I know a lot of our audience does because they have been lighting up my inbox that we needed to have you on. So for the few that aren't aware, let them know where they can find your work. Yeah, we're, we're all over social media, but the best place to follow everything we're doing is on Locals, which is peoplespundit.locals.com. And uh, they can also check out the public polling project where we have all the results to the, uh, especially the national polling, uh, mm-hmm. which is at bigpoll.com. Scroll to the bottom. Lots of charts. What's your background, Rich? How'd you, I, I have no background. I just co- covered a lot of campaigns and got involved organically and then just had a knack for data analysis and ended up getting involved doing it on a professional level to some degree as well. So it's just kind of happened organically for me, but what's your background that kind of led you down this road? You know, the politics, I guess it's very actually very similar. Uh, my background was financial, actually. Uh, then I, you know, wanted a chance with the financial crisis and everything. Uh, but I always loved po- politics and I always, uh, you know, had some kind of involvement. And where I went to school, uh, as far as how did I get in polling, where I went to school is where the election project is. So, uh, you know, it's kind of a thing there. You know, we have little clubs and people poll and do forecasting models for fun. <laughs> You know, like a bunch of data nerds that we are. Uh, so I got I got very lucky with that. Uh, and then I, I, you know, it's one, very much one of those stories where you have a teacher uh, who can change your life. And, and that's what happened to me. So I want to debut something today for our audience. And I want you to reconcile it with your own polling and your analysis out there. But um, the real clear politics polling average is officially broken. The 2020 election proved it. Of the 16 polls that were used in the RCP average, only four of them finished within their margin for errors. And when I say the other 12 were outside their margin for errors, I mean most of those, you know, for example, like Quinnipiac, uh, eight points off, CNN, nine points off. I mean, they weren't even like close. It wasn't like our margin of error is three and a half and they were five. I mean, they weren't even in the ballpark, which means they're either really bad or brother really good at this if you know what i'm saying money okay right okay so uh, i i still believe though that there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel so when i looked over the last two presidential cycles 16 and 20 the four that i found 
in my research that had that had been the most accurate Rasmussen, Trafalgar, uh, Emerson, and Investors Business Daily. And so what I set yeah. out to do is create my own proven polling average. What these four polls are saying now, Investors Business Daily is not doing midterm horse race polling, so they're out, okay? Rasmussen largely does just national, you know, like approval rating or generic ballot polling. And Trafalgar and Emerson do state by state. And so what I did is using their latest data as of October 1st, I looked at the generic ballot and then I went through key battleground states and what that polling average is telling us. And I want you to reconcile it with your own polling and your own analysis and give us your thoughts. You ready to go? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, Can let's do it. Me? All right, cool. All right. So... Actually, let's go to the let's go to the generic ballot first, Aaron, if we could. I'll, I'll just tell him if you don't have it. That's fine. The generic ballot right now in, in the proven polling average is GOP plus two. Now, Gallup today has it plus 10, by the way. But the generic ballot in the proven polling average right now is GOP plus two. Your thoughts on that, Rich? Yeah, the last poll that we did for the public polling project, uh, you know, it, it was close. It was 2.3 uh, for for Republicans right on the money. And we always do give the, the tens of where we're, we're a little bit. We try to be as granular as possible. Uh, but I do think, you know, I'm dying to get in there again. And hopefully we will, Steve, in a, in a week or so, because, you know, I think a general feeling is that there has been some movement now post Labor Day. Uh, to Republicans. We did ours right before or really on Labor Day weekend, and that was the last one that we had. Uh, and it is important to note, though, Steve, that it, throughout the rest of the year, the Republican lead was huge. So really, my uh, my 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 suspicion is that it may move a little bit more because what we what we had seen the rest of the year. But we'll see. I don't know yet. We'll find out. But I think that's ballpark. All right, let's go state by state in alphabetical order. Look at the battleground states. Let's go to Arizona first. Yeah, All right. I like it. All right, so Arizona, the proven polling average has Carrie Lake plus two, has Mark Kelly, the incumbent senator there, plus two. Your thoughts on Arizona? I'm loving your averages. Uh, we're in Arizona right now. Today's the last day that we're conducting interviews. Uh, we're going to wrap them up real, real soon. Although it's you know time time zone difference. Uh, I we I don't want to blow it here, uh, but let me just say that that's very close, very close to what we're going to show. Okay. So uh, we this is the second time as well that we polled Arizona. We had Masters uh, down by about three and a half the first time. Uh, we had Kerry Lake up by one. And I think it's at least fair to say without saying too much that both of them have improved, you know, since then. I want our audience to get a second opinion, because one of the things that I point out is discrepancies in data. Right. So, for example, during 2020, the idea that Trump was going to have a historic showing amongst Hispanics, um, that he was going to, you know, have a historic showing amongst blacks, um, but was still going to lose by nine points. And I like to point out fallacies to the audience, which is Trump may lose by nine points, but it is absolutely impossible for it to be like that. And that's how you know whether the metric, the algorithm here, whether the formula has any integrity or they know what they're doing or they're just literally making stuff up. Right. So as we go to Georgia, I just don't believe it's possible that in this environment that Brian Kemp can win by plus five point five and Herschel Walker lose. 
And even though Brian Kemp and Herschel Walker represent kind of different factions of the Republican Party, their opponents are the same candidate. You see what I'm saying? Like if Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams are the exact same candidate. They represent the same ideology, the same factions. It's not like one's like the business friendly Democrat you've been voting for your entire life and you have some kind of incumbent, you know, favorability for. And so when I see data that shows Kemp plus 5.5 in my average here and at Walker at 1.5, I just don't, I, the, the congruency of elections, they have to have some, this is one of the biggest arguments for stealing in the 2020 election, by the way, is the lack of that congruency, the randomness of it all over the place, right? There's just no way in this pro-red environment, I believe in that state, with the two candidates, they're, they're both running against the same candidate that Kemp wins and Walker loses. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, people would tell you, you know, it's the incumbency factor. Uh, but the fact is, you know, ticket splitting is almost nil mm -hmm. now in in the you know in the United States of America. So uh, when we have we've pulled this race as well several times, uh, the biggest difference we have found between Kemp and Walker was three points. And you know, some of the other polling, I mean, people should really understand how a pollster weights uh, has a huge impact on the overall result. So if somebody's doing a little bit better with one group over the other and the pollster is waiting in favor of that group, you can widen out the difference between these two candidates. And in reality, on election day, that doesn't really show up. It never comes to fruition. You know, and, and some of these polls uh, have been a little bit ridiculous. There's no way statistically that Walker's carrying two thirds of the white vote. He's double digits in the, in the uh, African-American vote. And he's winning both four, four year college degree whites and non-college whites mm -hmm. and still down to Warnock by a few points, which two polls recently uh, showed. Now, Walker is, is even up, I believe, still in the RCP average. Uh, but, you know, that there's just no way a Republican can perform like that in the state of Georgia and lose. I like to ask my audience all the time, just forget, forget you've never studied data like guys like you and I have. Just ask yourself common sense. It's Georgia. Who yeah. gets up in the morning and says, you know what, Stacey Abrams way too radical for me, but I really want Raphael Warnock to be my senator for the next six years. Who is that person? Right. That, that person literally doesn't freaking exist. So you have to ask yourself some kind of common sense here at the exact same time. All right, let's go to Michigan next. All right, where we have Whitmer and Trafalgar is the only uh, in our polling average. So this is just their number. And they just put this out. Whitmer plus six in that state. And your thoughts on Michigan, which looks to be almost like a one state oasis of blue around a region of the country that looks like it's going to go heavily red here in five weeks. Yeah, we just pulled Wisconsin as well. But Michigan is, you know, different than Wisconsin in that it is more urban, although it is working class. We haven't pulled Michigan. You know, it's a tough state to pull. It is. So uh, Republicans have been consistently understated in that state. Not so much with Trafalgar, of course, but uh, it is a, a, a first term incumbent midterm. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is closer than that. That being said, I think that Gretchen Whitmer played the lockdowns a little bit better. When we pulled Wisconsin, we still heard a lot. Uh, of negative stuff, uh, uh, you know, on Tony Evers, how he handled uh, the lockdown, where Whitmer was, you know, basically abandoning the masks and trying to pretend like she was, mm -hmm. you know, a, a 
moderate Republican, Evers was still in lockdown mode. So it may be that, you know, if I pulled it myself, I'd trust it more, Steve, you know, but uh, it may be that she just tiptoed a little bit better. We'll see. Let's go, let's go to Minnesota. I'm including it. I'm making my, this is me making the call because I think demographically in this environment, Minnesota is being underreported, especially since the Republican nominee for governor is a heavy anti-COVID stand guy, which brings all those issues to bear, right? He's a, he's a, Dr. Scott Jensen's the GOP nominee for governor there, way outspoken on mandates and lockdowns and jab mandates and everything else. And so the, right now, Trafalgar just pulled that state and has Waltz the Democrat at plus three. So that's what we have in our proven pollster polling average. Your thoughts? You know, I think this race is going to be close. You have uh, third-party candidates on the ballot in Minnesota. They're both dedicated to the legalization of marijuana and pot freedom. But uh, people can maybe chuckle at that. But the truth is Minnesota has a long history of giving us shared third-party candidates. In an election where, you know, we saw Finstad uh, carrying a special election in Minnesota won, I, su- I, I suspect he'll even do better in November. And uh, there's another Democrat that's in deep trouble in Minnesota, too. So, you know, that I, I, I think you're right. This is an underreported opportunity for Republicans. And, you know, I don't want to embarrass them. But the other pollster that showed a blowout double-digit lead didn't include any of the third-party candidates. And they also overestimated Joe Biden's support in that state by about eight and a half points. So, so just a know, bit it, outside. It, it, uh, Gotcha. Just a little out yeah, of the margin. Just a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Like the Biden plus 17 in Wisconsin, right. but a little bit outside the sampling. Curve. All right. We got yeah. three minutes. So let's go. I'll, I'll try to make this go a little faster here. Let's go to Nevada. Uh, big focus on a, if the trade off of Trump. You got more of the North, nor, the, the North Midwest. You lost states like Colorado and Nevada. So this is a key pickup yeah. potential for Republicans this year. My numbers have Lombardo plus one point five, Laxalt plus two point five. So that would be Republicans winning both of those uh, races. That's almost identical to what we had in the poll we released, what, uh, a little about two weeks ago? We were one of the first ones to put it out. Took heat for 12, uh, 16 hours until three, four other polls, you know, regurgitated very close to that. So we had Laxalt up by two, Lombardo up by about a point and a half. Uh, some people have Lombardo doing a little bit better, but we had we had Laxalt slightly outperforming Lombardo. He just has all the coalitions, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, the three tiers of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and he's doing very well with his back. Uh, so that's almost down the month. All right, two-minute warning. We got about one and a half for Lombardo. Pardon me on that. On that, we two-minute warning here, Rich. Let's go through quicker. Ohio is. Uh, I'm sorry, North Carolina. Yeah. I've got Bud plus three in the proven pollster polling average. Quick thoughts on North Carolina. We had Bud by five about two months ago. If it was three, it wouldn't shock me. But I just don't think that that race is particularly competitive. Okay. I really don't. Ohio, which is a state that went from Trump did to Ohio, what Obama did to Virginia, swingy state that uh, he made it to lean one side. That's what Trump did to Ohio. DeWine winning in a blowout, Vance winning outside the margin of error at at plus 4.5. Yeah, uh, again, uh, Vance is going to he's going to win this race. And the only question is by how much. I think DeWine, uh, you know, probably is going to win by a significantly larger margin. But don't be shocked if Vance takes this state by six points, seven points, you know, ballpark in that area. 
Pennsylvania, state that this cycle Republicans in their primary tried to blow, but then the Democrats have said, no, we got this. Let's go ahead and nominate for Senate someone who literally is a walking VARES report. Okay. Uh, and so right now, Shapiro for governor <laughs> is plus six. Fetterman at senator is plus two. That's what the proven pollster polling average is in Pennsylvania right now. I've got a minute, Rich. Go ahead. Yeah, this is another one we're going to poll again. Uh, when we did about two months ago, the governor's race was much closer. It is possible that it's widened out since then. The Republican Governors Association has abandoned Mastriano, so the money differential there is, is a real problem. But I think actually at the end of the day, I think Oz is going to take this seat. He has closed that gap significantly, and when we polled it, he was only down by three. His problem was consolidating the Republican base, but he was doing phenomenal in places that Republicans don't do that well. 44% in Allegheny County compared to 31 for Mastriano. So uh, I think at the end of the day, pollsters just don't want to be that first one, Steve. They don't want to be the first one to put Oz up. All right, give me a quick note. Wisconsin, 20 seconds hard out here. Let's show Wisconsin very quickly yep. here, Aaron. Uh, Evers plus 1.5, Johnson plus three. I think Michaels is actually going to win that governor race, but what do you think? 20 seconds, go. Yep. Evers is in deep trouble. Those are exactly the numbers we had in our poll. People can go check out Johnson by three and it was Michaels by one and a half. We're going to have you back here before the election, brother. Thank you very much. Hour two is next, gentlemen. All the best, Steve. You bet, Rich. Great work. You do great work and definitely follow his stuff. I would highly recommend it. Hour two coming your way next year on The Blaze. Back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and, and all of you. And all of you can let us know. Well, please, not all of you. That would be rather cumbersome. But at some point in time, all of you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can also follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter. On Getter, also on Instagram and TikTok, you can find us on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social, and then you can also get clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to Rumble.com/slash Steve Dace Show. That's Rumble.com/slash Steve Dace Show. If you're a podcast listener, thank you. If you've yet to do this, please show your appreciation for us by giving us a five-star review, hitting subscribe or follow. All of you that have done those things, thank you so much much we appreciate each and every one of you uh, for the offering made to the finicky algorithmic gods out there uh, speaking of finicky it's only about 80 days until christmas or and i know you can't wait i'm looking forward to christmas okay mr bah humbug right mm. oh no we're gonna go to my daughter anastasia here in a minute but since she's here anna what were you listening to on the radio in july um, a radio station here plays Christmas music and they do a weekend of that. For Christmas in July? Yes. So I made my fiance suffer with that. He's, he's like, it's too early. We don't do that. But so, he's never been with a dace before. That's right. <laughs> she knows how she was raised. She gets it. She knows and the legacy. He, she knows the legacy she's inheriting. And young Steven is getting it now too. <laughs> yes, he I is. mean, we literally planned our honeymoon for Disney World, and we wanted to go at first right after we got married, but now I was like, we have to go in December so we can experience Disney. At well, Christmas I hear that. Time. Is That's the best. Unique. We did it a couple of years ago as a family the yeah. last time we I went. It was, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. They still actually play real Christmas music and everything mm -hmm. there, right? But um, it can be tough 
trying to come up with the right gift or something that shows an effort. Um, a couple of years ago, we started working with a client here on the show, a partner called Paint Your Life. And I gave them a copy of the oldest photo I have of me and my mom or your grandmother and said, hey, let me see what you guys can do. And the work that they did was absolutely incredible. Uh, this is a pretty worn photo. Um, it has like an orange hue to it. And then now look at what it looks like now. Right. I mean, and I gave that to my mom as a Christmas gift a couple of years ago and she was blown away. So that is your grandma. She's maybe 18 right there. I'm maybe two, maybe three right wow. there. Yeah. And they, I mean, they did phenomenal work. They take your photos, no matter how old they are, and a professional uh, will hand paint a portrait created from any, pro, any photo at an affordable price. You can even combine photos into one, into one painting if you want to do it. World-class artists, uh, they do this with painstaking detail, and it's great work, as you can see, with what they did for me a couple of Christmases ago. So if you want to get 20% off and free shipping, 20% off and free shipping, 100% guarantee that you will be satisfied or your money is refunded, all right? So 20% off and free shipping. Get this special offer right now when you text my name, Steve, to 87204. Text Steve to 87204. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, that is Steve to 87204. All right, so to lead up to fake news or not, Anna, you are back here to challenge the three of us yet again this week. And what will be this week's challenge? Well, originally I was planning on doing real or not real. And then I started thinking about it's fall. We're in it now. And I started thinking about your love for pumpkin spice, everything. And I started thinking about what fall dessert would Todd and my dad be? So why not better to do a quiz? And someone who voted for this, uh, Sean Robinson, actually messaged me and said, fall quiz because it will destroy Todd. <laughs> That's what he said. So, so now so I have to. Are there any vinegar-based options? Because to Todd, apple cider vinegar, he just drinks that straight from the bottle. Literally. Sadly, this and Bonner wine are not no. on this quiz. My wife prepared me for this uh, coincidentally this morning. She almost destroyed me because uh, we have somebody who sends us some really awesome soap. And one of them mm -hmm. was of the pumpkin spice variety, yeah. which is I cracked that out this morning. And my wife says without missing a beat, I wonder if Steve's going to be able to snuff you out this morning. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right. So let us begin. So we'll each take this quiz. Go ahead. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So for this quiz to work, you guys were going to have to agree on a... Oh, a singular an answer. answer. Okay. Yeah, unless you want to do it separate, but No, yeah. we'll, we'll come up with a singular <laughs> answer, which should be difficult, actually, so we'll, we'll give it a shot. Play All rock, right. paper, scissors. Right. Right. Okay. So pick a Halloween costume. So you have to pick between a witch, a ghost, a clown, or just something else, because you hate all of those. All right. I, I, I love clowns. I'm not creeped out about them, by them, but I can't do creepy clowns. You know what I'm saying? I see a creepy clown, and I'm like, nope. Yeah, oh, so what's the difference? It's just because I don't think they're creepy, but <laughs> if you intend to make them creepy, I don't, it bothers me. All right. So I can't do creepy clowns. I don't want to do a witch or a ghost. Um, my, my, my go to Halloween cost, my favorite Halloween costume I ever wore when I was a kid 
is your grandmother uh, one year did made me look like Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk, or at least as much as a nine-year-old boy can look like him. So ripped up my, and we were in Florida at the time. We lived in Orlando. So you'd have to worry about it being cold to tr on trick-or-treat night. It was going to be like 80 degrees. So we ripped up like a flannel shirt, okay? Ripped up the jeans, painted me head to toe green, right? So that's like my all-time favorite Halloween costume would be trying to emulate Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk when we were kids. That's That would be my vote. You can veto it or come up with your own. So what is the vote? I'm just affirming that that's a great costume, Joey? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it yeah. is. Okay. okay. Right, so we're other. So we're going other. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Which chocolate-free candy are you picking? Okay. Candy corn? No. Starbursts, gummy bears, or sour gummy worms? You don't like candy corn? I'm not a candy corn guy. Sorry, oh, sorry, I did elf. Not know that. It's okay. I don't. I don't hate it. I just. I'd rather waste my sugar calories on things that taste a lot better. That's all. Classic. Okay. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm gonna go. I would probably take the gummy bears. That was one of the answers. Mm -hmm. That would be my answer. But I'm okay with whatever I, you want. I would have been uh, sour gummy worms. So right, in the we're same close. family, but yeah. I like the sour. All right, we'll do the sour. All right, sour gummy worms. Okay. Okay. Choose a fun fall activity. Okay. Hiking. Picking apples, carving pumpkins, or going on a hayride and visiting a corn maze. I could kind of do all of those. I did all those things this weekend at the pumpkin so, so, patch. You know, I'll let you choose. I could because I could do any. I'd be fine with any of those. Uh, it was fun uh, picking apples. The girls okay. had some of those. Um, you know, you had to reach up high to yeah. get them. They, yeah. dug, they dug right. that. Yeah. So picking apples. Okay. Okay, and then this is the last question. Okay, which spooky thing will you do? Party, which in this picture does show wine. So I guess that counts. There you go, Todd. So party. Yeah. Go to a graveyard, watch horror movies, or sneak into a haunted house. Well, this is easy for Steve, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I just um, I just made a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. So it would be watch a horror movie for me. You okay with that one? Uh, I'm about the coattails, so okay. yes. All right, so we'll do watch a horror movie. Oh, so, that was not the last one. That's my bad. Okay, uh, so we have one more? Okay. <laughs> There's two more. I'm so sorry. Okay, pick a drink. Hot cocoa, pumpkin spice latte, salted caramel frappuccino, or brown sugar cold brew? I actually, I'm not a coffee drinker, so as much as I love the pumpkin spice, I'd either do the hot cocoa or what was the brew at the end? Brown sugar cold brew, mm. but that's coffee. Oh, that's a coffee too. I'll let you pick. No, I don't. I, I'm a man. I drink black coffee. Uh, so I'm go I'm going with the hot chocolate with Steve because I can do that. All right. Hot chocolate it is. And then finally, what's your favorite autumn film? Hocus Pocus, When Harry Met Sally, Coraline, or Harry Potter? I don't uh, know where Charlie Brown yeah. Halloween well, is. It's, not a, it's not a film. You know, it's a special, but Harry Potter would be of, of those three. Yeah, I, I don't. Why is that an autumn film? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't it, I guess every, because they every go to, movie go over the entire they, year because they go to school in the autumn and it covers the entire scars. year. Yeah, I don't, yeah, okay. I don't know. But yeah, Harry yeah. Potter, sure. Okay, all right. Okay, so uh, I know all of you are dying at the bits to know what autumn dessert they are. So you guys are a cinnamon roll because it says you're a bundle of soft buttery sweetness, and people crave. <laughs> That's me. People crave your. Everybody listening right now is nodding their head saying, "Get it out." Because yep. it says, it says people crave your warm hugs and flavorful personality. You sit on a throne of lies. Yes, it is funny that she couldn't even she couldn't even get it out. My own kid. Nope. Tried to say it with a straight face and couldn't deliver it because she knows they, the kids know. They've had those camcorders in their brains going from about the time that they were sentient, so they know.
All right, good to see you, Princess. Thank you very much. And we thought it was wise to lighten the mood a little bit here before we get into the hardcore portion of fake news or not. Because what is coming next, gentlemen? What is coming next will make you want to star in a horror film where you get to say red rum repeatedly is what's that's what is coming next will be absolutely infuriating. The question on the table for fake news or not this week. As a country, are we fake news or not? As a country, are we fake news or not? I want to direct your attention. This is a thread that my buddy Congressman Chip Roy put out just a few days ago. And this thread, it's a long one. I don't know that we'll be able to get through all of it. I'll get through as much of it as I can. And like Scott Atlas's book, you, you might finally just decide to tell me I, we can't take any more of this. All right. So let, let's start with the big picture here. All right. So this, this, this budget bill, this continuing resolution contains nothing to secure the border from the cartels, uh, illegal aliens, legal, lethal fentanyl flooding in, doesn't do any of that stuff. All right. So this is an emergency continuing resolution. It doesn't do any of that stuff. Okay. Here's what it does instead. Are you ready? Nope. $57.5 for the Department of Human Services that has given violent cartels operational control of the border, allowed fentanyl to pour into communities, undermine national sovereignty, and attack their employees for doing their jobs. $8.2 billion for ICE, which reported a 70% reduction in removals last year, refuses to remove the illegally present individuals the administration does not deem a threat, and abuses parole authority to release illegal migrants. $4.8 billion to HHS's Office of Refugee Resettlement that has lost illegal alien children after releasing them to sponsors, including dozens in the Houston, Texas area alone. Millions in grants each year to hundreds of non-government organizations that provide how-to guidance on reaching our southern border and effectively subsidizing illegal immigration. The continuing resolution would hand over billions of taxpayer dollars to the authoritarian bureaucrats the Biden administration is using to target Americans. All right, so already it's actually going to fund the invasion at the border. It's also going to fund, fund the invasion of us, to wit. $10.8 billion for an FBI that the Biden administration is weaponizing against people, including the former president, parents concerned about schools, and just recently a pro-life father of seven. $12.6 billion to the very IRS that the Dems just gave a windfall of $80 billion to to hire 87,000 new agents to target Americans uh, and the Biden administration's political opponents. $1.5 billion that is, going to, that is going to be used with, uh, with ATF to go after Americans' guns and undermining the Second Amendment by pushing gun control via executive fiat and arbitrary enforcement of firearms and small businesses. Um, and that's not counting the billions the Dems want to give tyrannical public health agencies without any additional accountability or oversight. Four and a half billion for the National Institute of Health that funded dangerous research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and across the world and has refused to accept any responsibility or open inquiries into its potential role in the COVID-19 pandemic. 
$6.3 billion, that's Fauci's department, N-I-A-I-D, which is run by COVID tyrant-in-chief Anthony Fauci. Enough said. $8.5 billion for the CDC, which colluded with teachers' unions to impose school lockdowns and mask mandates, censored health data that f- they feared would be, quote, misinterpreted, shuttered information on natural immunity, used taxpayer dollars to buy citizens' location data. $3.3 billion for the FDA that lied to the American people about the efficacy of the COVID vaccine. $612 million for, for OSHA. That's the department that Biden tried, but thankfully failed to weaponize to force millions of Americans to be poisoned by the COVID jab. I added that part. $39 million for HHS, which actively promotes gender transition mutilations for children, stating that, quote, gender-affirming care for minors when medically appropriate and necessary improves their physical and mental health. This is wrong. Republicans should defund it, Chip says. The Dem continuing resolution budget bill would also fund radical destructive energy policies and restrict American energy, like $9.5 billion for an EPA that recently received a taxpayer-funded windfall of over $40 billion under Democrats' so-called Inflation Reduction Act. $424 million for the EPA's clean air programs that the radical left has manipulated to destroy reliable power plants and cripple U.S. refining capacity to advance climate hysteria. $14.1 billion for the Department of Interior, which under the leadership of anti-fracking Green New Deal supporter Deb Holland has leased few, fewer federal acres for oil and gas development than any administration since World War II. At least $5 million for the climate for climate envoy John Kerry to jet-set around the world in his quest to destroy reliable energy while browbeating poor nations about the importance of sacrificing their economies to proverbial climate gods. We having fun yet? No way. No? You just, no? How, you feel like a pumpkin spice latte yet, Todd? No? Let's continue. $2 billion to the SEC, that is not the football conference, that is advancing a dangerous ESG... Uh, that's the diversity dogma, uh, by forcing public companies to report on their emissions. $3.2 billion, which funnels taxpayer dollars to unreliable green energy. $825 million for the FEC, which provides crony handouts to massive oil companies and funds the carbon capture pipe dream. $450 million to waste taxpayer dollars on high-risk energy projects that never see the light of day. $29 million to administer $40 billion loan program. $29 million to administer a $40 billion loan program responsible for the Solyndra debacle. $36 million for renewable energy programs that are undermining our grid by pushing things like offshore wind energy. The only thing better than in-house wind energy is the offshore wind energy, bitches. $31 million for tribal climate resistance at the Department of or Resilience at the Department of Bureau if the, the, of the Bureau of Indian Affairs. $31 million for climate, tribal climate re- re- resilience. Your thoughts? About that specifically or yeah. generally? Because I have thoughts. I mean, I, I kind of thought the Iroquois had been, you know, resisting climate for a lot longer than we have, but what do I know? $131 million that has significantly rest- to rest- significantly restrict our ability to build and maintain reliable nuclear power plants. $3.8 billion for lower-income home energy assistant programs that pays the skyrocketing energy bills of individuals that live in states like New York which is banned fracking. All the while, the Biden administration intentionally restricts the production of American energy. $385 million to fund ridiculous, quote, international biodiversity efforts. Do you know what those are? Nope. Neither do I. Um, here's how it degrades now. I like how this has, like, sections. Here's how the continuing resolution that a bunch of Republicans are going to vote for 
from the Democrats degrades national security. $728 billion to the Department of Defense that is more focused on climate change, diversity training programs, and constructing training centers and mixed-sex restrooms, locker rooms, and showers than countering our enemies. That's worth repeating $728 billion for a DOD that continues to force service members out of their jobs for not taking a poisonous jab. $56.1 billion for the Department of State and Foreign Operations budget so they can use U.S. embassies to fly pride flags and Black Lives Matters flags instead of the American flag. Come on. Roll out the barrel, right? This is just getting more and more fun. Aren't you, aren't you feeling fall festive, right? That really got you slappy, that uh, introduction to this. Uh. Yes. Um, $76.4 billion. Uh, to subsidize the schools failing our kids and the teachers of filling their minds with anti-American teachings. $2 billion for the Student Aid Administration, which will be responsible for carrying out President Biden's unfair decision to cancel at least $400 billion in student loan debt. $15 million, which sends Americans' tax dollars to, quote, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex persons around the world. We're evangelists. We're proselytizers. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah, we are. Hell yeah, literally. $500,000 for the U.S. Special Envoy to advance the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex persons. Is it wrong of me that I thought, actually, I'm surprised it was only $500,000. You know what I'm saying? That seems almost like a bargain. $775 million for Washington, D.C., which planned to expel unvaccinated students, shut down businesses in the name of COVID tyranny, and use government resources to paint Black Lives Matters onto the streets. $525 million to fund programs that are exposing young children to drag shows and radical gender ideologies. David French, your thoughts. I'm sorry, Todd, your thoughts. $94 million for, quote, diversity trainings. $94 million for, quote, diversity trainings. $64 million to allocate federal health care dollars based on racial and ethnic factors. $64 million. $1.1 million for the Office of Climate Change and Health Equity, which has absolutely nothing to do with Health and Human Services mission and, in fact, threatens healthcare providers' ability to provide health care. $9 million for the Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility of other DEI initiatives. $885 million for programs that provide funding to colleges based solely on the predominant racial or ethnic composition of their student body. I mean, this thing, I, 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 I'm going to stop. I mean, there are, um, let me just count how many we won't, we won't get you to. All right. How much money to force people to go watch the movie bros? <laughs> nice. One uh, here. I have to bring this in a hundred million dollars for quote, environmental justice. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 26 more line items in Chip's thread of just millions and billions of dollars to just scam you. 26 more from what I already read to you. 26 more. We could have spent the entire hour reading this thread. So the question on the table is, as a country, when you hear news like this, are we fake news or not? I'll get you guys' answer in a moment. 
First, a word from our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the more stressful things you'll do in any environment. 10 times worse in the Let's Go Brandon environment. 20 times worse if you're going in without the right agent. Make sure that you have that agent. Where would you find them? That's why we recommend real estate agents I trust that have the best agents in every market. We do our homework, talk to every agent and vet them before including them in our database. And that's why we've got thousands waiting in line to be recommended because we don't just automatically take people. We have to vet their track record of success before we recommend them to you. And a lot of times these agents come from the audience here, just like you do. So, you know, they share your values as well. Process is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Realestateagentsitrust.com provides some basic info. And then our team will follow up with you to make an introduction to a preferred agent, either in the town you're in or the one you want to get to. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So, gentlemen, trail of tears, long train of of, usurp of of abuses and usurpations. Your thoughts? Yeah, this country is, of course, uh, fake news. I said before COVID already that we were going to have to fight a second American revolution on some level to reclaim the first one. Because at some point you jump the shark. In my opinion, we jumped the shark officially with the, the transgender uh, madness. You, you, you have forfeited the laws of nature and nature's God if you've made that a paramount uh, fight. And we did. And we are. With, with relish. That's the thing. What are, what am, that list, when, when I say, and, and this goes back to the montage with Nancy Pelosi about... She, she, she's lying smugly. She, she knows she's not winning the house. But she knows that there's a far bigger win. She's not like, she doesn't say that with, she can lie easily because she feels no sense of desperation because of this. The, the chaos that's already been wrought in the last two years, well, two years plus because of what uh, the, the, uh, the COVID years uh, with Trump. Now she's ensuring with increased funding like this, that this just goes on and on and on. So, yes, the Republicans take back Congress, both houses. The Republicans that we know can't undo this. They have no ability or will to undo it. It, it, would, it would take such a Herculean effort of will that we know they don't possess because the press where it just ignores it won't even look into that chips got to itemize that because they won't they don't care they'll look the other way but you have one how many steve so you said there's 26 you read at least that many so there's 26 more i did not yeah. read yeah but you read at least that many so mm -hmm. more, more than 50 of that the press or whatever one you have one line item like that of intent of some kind not just funding but pilot something one but that is every bit as powerful in its intent, transitional, in the conservative direction. They will demagogue the hell out of that thing. You're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a misogynist. Who's going to stand up to that? It's a war we have to fight, but we don't have the soldiers. We simply do not. So that is why... They don't care about this next election because they're guaranteed to win the next time around in many ways because they'll definitely be back within the margin of cheating. 
because now they have painted uh, and propagandized a false reality that most of you out in the world want to believe because you have some version in your life of just the mean tweets have got to go away. We just got to get back to normal. And this system is promising you that there is no normal to get back to. Extraordinarily well said, Todd. I would just say, I, I would say, yeah, the country is, the country is fake news. We don't have the political, look at it this way as well. This does not make it better, by the way. By the way, I'm not looking at the camera today because there might be kids watching and I don't want to scare them. Um, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, we don't have the political will in this country to stop even one of those line item budget earmarks. Just one? How many were were in there, Steve, did you say? Upwards of 70? Yes. I mean, how, there's... We don't the, have the political will over to get rid of, rid of one of them? Yeah. $29 million to administer $40 billion. That's... That's your headline right there of just all of it is taxpayer money. We don't have the political will to get rid of one of those line, line item budget earmarks at the federal level. Again, make your area, make your state, make your local area as red as you possibly can. Also, along these lines as well. Your local county sheriff might be the most politi- most important politician in your life, actually. Ain't that the truth? I think the point you made there at the beginning is something that I should drive home even further. What, what, what Republicans refuse to do in mass, particularly the ones in, in, the, in, in District 1, Washington, is they refuse to use any leverage to get anywhere. And it's not because they are dumb. And in some cases, it's because they are cowardly. In most cases, it's because they don't agree with you. I mean, as Aaron just pointed out, they have a, they have leverage to get some of these things removed. No leverage, won't use any leverage at all. None. It's a surrender caucus. It's failure theater. And the and that is, you ask me what keeps me up at night. What keeps me up at night is that record numbers of Americans are going to say, okay, I'll give you guys one more chance because I, I can't sustain this way of life. I, I, I can't pay 86% more for a mortgage than I was paying a year and a half ago. I can't handle, I can't do this. And then they do nothing except in a few places like Arizona and Florida. Further driving the point home, you are without agency and representation. And then what happens to people 
when they realize that the system has failed them. Those stories have unhappy endings to some degree. There are, uh, I think, like over 300, maybe around 360 places in your body from your neck down to your feet called joints, which are crucial for maintaining an active lifestyle, flexibility, et cetera. But as we get older, they also uh, can become uh, central hubs for inflammation. That's why when you try to stay flexible, stay active as you get older, you might be experiencing that lingering pain, soreness, stiffness, achiness, et cetera. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory that'll attack that inflammation. That's likely the cause of that uh, ickiness in your joints. And that's why you're looking for something like Omega XL. Uh, it's a clinical formula that they have taken decades to develop and I have used for years on a daily basis so I can personally attest to its effectiveness. I take it with me wherever I go and that's why I'd recommend that you give it a shot as well. You can try it today. Buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday. And I had planned to discuss Don't Worry, Darling this week uh, because that movie thinks it is something that it is not and actually projects exactly like that which it claims to be opposed. But there's numerous examples of the spirit of the age feasting upon itself because the devil is a liar. Um, but there's also no way we can have that conversation without spoiling the entire movie. So... I'm going to give anybody in the audience that was thinking of seeing the film another week to give it a shot. But next Tuesday, we will spoil the entire film, unless there's some other breaking news we need to address. My plan is to spoil the entire film next week by pointing out the entire premise of the film that it, it asserts is a fallacy that either it, in and of itself it doesn't really believe in or doesn't know what it actually has bought and believes in. I want to discuss another film for Pop Culture Tuesday this week, because I, I think we have maybe learned a crucial cultural lesson on a certain topic. To know who it is that truly rules over you, simply determine whom you're not allowed to offend. So last week, Netflix releases its film on Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Yep. One of America's worst serial killers, homosexual. They listed as an LG in their LGBTQ FU section. How did that happen for starters? God's funny. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, the LGBTQ FU said, uh, FU, no, we're not doing that. And Netflix says, uh, F us, you're right, we're not. All right, because they found out who they weren't allowed to offend. We have seen this rainbow jihad become the most powerful and dominant cultural and political force in America in our lifetimes. A book that is out of print now, After the Ball, that was written in the 1980s. You can maybe kind of find an out of print copy. It's called After the Ball. Everything that you have lived through in the last generation is in this book. It is their Mein Kampf 
they lay out their dominionist plans. Everything they said they were going to do is what this movement has done. And it's feeling its oats. And why wouldn't it? It sits on the Iron Throne in America's cultural Game of Thrones. So, of course, it's feeling its oats. We live in an era where it can teabag your children at the library. And most of the time, not a damn thing happens as a result, right? Yep. So it's, it's not as if it didn't have... This wasn't a classic example of the one constant in American politics is that you can always count on Democrats and their minions and forces to completely overplay their hand anytime they win and thus create the reverb against them from voters that Republicans will then benefit from while doing nothing to actually have earned that benefit. Mm -hmm. In other words, that's exactly what's going to occur five weeks from today. Fair? Yeah. I mean, outside of places like Florida and Iowa and a few others. Republicans are going to benefit greatly from a reverb that they have done nothing to foment, to create, to take advantage of, to encourage, nothing. They're just going to be the other the other guy mm-hmm. while Americans take out their frustrations on the current guy, right? I don't think that this is it. I mean, if you're going to let us chest bind your daughters and castrate your sons... I mean, if you're going to let boys who feel that pretend to feel pretty sodomize your daughters in the locker room and take their places, and we're going to actually just keep quiet and not rock the boat while they claim men can get pregnant. I mean, I don't, I don't think that this was an this was an overreach at all to think you could just make a movie that literally and brutally depicted the realities of homosexuality. The lingo, the behavior, not Will and Grayson, not Ellen it. You know what I'm saying? Take, mm-hmm. take all the wit and all the charm out of it, man, and just do queer as folk as a rom-com and put it on every major network in America. Make, spend $22 million is what they spent making this movie, bros. That's the, that's the film budget. As someone who's making a movie, I can promise you the production budget was way more than that. Tens of millions more they spent on promotion. To get on all these shows, to get on, have their have the the trailer running during oh. college football games and everything else. All right, that I'm, alone. Okay, that's tens of millions of dollars. They they I promise you they spent more marketing this film than they did making it, and they didn't spend an insignificant amount of money making it. They spent twenty two million dollars. So and and there wasn't any form of a list star in this movie. That so it, you can't chalk it up to hey you know. Father Stu got Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg. They actually did the movie for free. They did points off the back end. They did got nothing off the film on the front end. So, so this was the spirit of the age saying, yeah, we can absolutely go there. We can plant the flag now. You don't need will and grace. You don't need humor. You don't need charm. You don't need Ellen, you know, the computer that wore tennis shoes and the bull haircut. You don't need that anymore. You guys just want to literally watch guys grab ass, swap spit, sodomize each other. The kids, the the kids that they adopt talk about the bottoms menu they're eating. I mean, this is all in the trailer. We just showed it to you two weeks ago, right? Yep. We can just literally take you to the bathhouse. We go lot we we, are, we go live now to the bathhouse. Uh, and here we here's our correspondent, Ben Dover. I mean, literally can just do it. I'm here with Lindsey Graham, and you're like, yeah, I can't get enough. I mean, you can't blame them for thinking that. Because I kind of had thought there was there was not there was not going to be a rubber band snapback on this. 
that we had reached the point of no return. Apparently, that's not the case. Because Bros is going to be perhaps the biggest cinematic flop of 2022. It opened to less than $5 million, folks. It was on over 3,300 screens. So you guys don't know what that means, okay? That means it got the kind of release a Harry Potter, a Marvel, a Star Wars film gets. Anywhere from three to 4,000 screens. This is a rated R rom-com. They don't typically get those kinds of release uh, amount of screens anyway, unless there is an A-list star. But this is a rated R, first of its kind. There had never been a mainstream Hollywood rainbow jihad rom-con before. This was the first time a com to do it. I Freudian slip calling it a con. This is an abject embarrassment and failure. Despite pounding this into our psyches for months, this film. I mean, you can go see a movie in America that this trailer was not in front of for months. Why did it fail? I have a theory. I think we have figured out what the new red line is. I think the new red line is in a way bros did what unplanned did. In a way. Unplanned was the first major Hollywood film that took you into the back room down the hall at Planned Parenthood to show you what goes on back there and what they're doing to those women and to their children. Showed it to you in vivid detail. You hear things about telemedicine and telemed abortions. It showed you one. You watched one take place live in real time. And it and what Unplanned did so well is it took the abortion issue way out of the theoretical and political debate to the point of watching the maintenance people wheel out the baby remains in those giant tubs every day, right? You need to see what this is. You need to know what goes on in there. You're not going to get to be the boy in the striped pajamas anymore. You're going to have to find out what's where, what really goes on over there in the factory that daddy works in, right? Mm-hmm. And I showed it to you. I think that's what bros did. There's no victimization to play off here. It treated homosexuality and the worldview and the lifestyle that often accompanies it, even in its most visually attractive form that they could have possibly packaged it. No more talking points about, you know, um, uh, you know, we just want to have uh, visitation rights. What people do in their own bedroom is nobody else. All that was gone. All of it removed. All the theoretical ideological debates like with Unplanned all out the window. We're just going to show you what goes on in the back room down the hall there at Planned Parenthood. You're going to watch. And so we're just going to show you what this is. And I think that's the red line. Oh, you're not going to lie to me? You're not going to pet me? You're not going to camouflage? You're not going to disguise? You're just going to bear fangs and claws? 
Yuck. It's disgusting. It's gross. I don't want to look at that. I think this is nothing other than just a very visceral reaction to an honest, full Monty, pun intended, in your face grinder account. This is the stuff Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy used to do entire X-rated comedic routines, routines panning when we were growing up that now they'd be canceled every which way but Sunday for even attempting, right? Mm-hmm. The brutality of this activity. That there is nothing poetic. There is nothing immersive, connected. It's just animalistic levels of debauchery and it's vile and if you're just going to show it to me like that I think America tweeted oh no politics no marketing we just take it straight to the pride parade and the bathhouse that you don't ever see that they don't want to show you Oh, this really is just guys and leather chaps like James Dobson and D. James Kennedy were doing and Jerry Falwell were doing videos about in the 80s. That's really what this is. That's all this is. It really is just the stuff of Hamana, 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 Norton. That's really what this is. They're really in the end, in the end, when you strip away all of the propaganda. It's just an obsession with male-on-male sodomy. There's nothing higher, nothing more romantic happening other than that. And I think that, just a natural reaction, the rubber band snapped back. And it snapped hard. Let me get you guys' reaction to this after I talk about Rough Greens. If you're a pet owner, taking care of your pet means so much more than just food and water. You love that little puppy. That's why you want to make sure you give it the supplements it needs because the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that it does often stripped out of its pet food for the same reason they strip it out of us uh, and our people food. That's why we are buying so many supplements these days. And now there's a supplement for your pet. Just take the powder, mix it in with your pet's food, and with that one little act... You have likely restored the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients missing from your pet's diet. But you might be wondering, what if it doesn't work? I don't see a difference. I, uh, last thing I need is another exp- expenditure that doesn't matter in the Let's Go Brandon economy. You're right. You're not Vladimir Zelensky. You can't just get endless money from the feds. That's why we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. When you go to roughgreens.com, you pay for the shipping. So you've got an invested skin in the game, but we'll pick up the bigger expense of the bag at roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com, or you can call them 833-ROUGH-DOG. Two Fs, one G, 833-ROUGH-DOG. Gentlemen, your thoughts on my theory as to the complete face planting and implosion of bros as a film. If this were a regular movie, even one with an agenda behind it, uh, and if it were... If it were anything other than what this was um, attempted to be, they wouldn't have shoved what they shoved in your face in the trailers, in the marketing. If it was supposed to be subversive, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have done that. And I think your theory probably would have fallen flat. 
but I think that is actually an inspired uh, hypothesis, I should say, about why this flopped. Because if you if you saw this, or if you saw the trailer, you, your reaction wasn't, oh, let's go see that. Especially Billy Bob in West Virginia, uh, who uh, the show's showrunner is blaming, basically, for not for not you know, helping the show be a bigger success or the movie be a bigger success. So I think that is an inspired hypothesis because there were no ifs, ands, or buts. There was no ambiguity whatsoever as to what this movie was all about, just based on the marketing material. Sitting at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes critics' ratings. Overwhelmingly positive. Won't come close to making back even its operational budget. Your thoughts, Doug? Yeah, well, they'll, they're going to use this just like Billy Eichner is using this to say, you know, you're bigots for not going He's to He's the writer it. and yeah. star of the film, yeah. correct? Yeah. They will manipulate that. But I have a, a darker take about this. The, no, All the people that normally, yay, yay, gay lifestyle, they don't care. You're a means to an end. You're a tool. And this, I agree with as well. You are, they, they, this is, ultimately, it's all about God killer stuff. Killing yes. God and his people. Yeah. And whatever, this is why before it was feminism and now, what? There's, what's a woman? Uh, this is why, you go, 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 gay. Now, uh, you know, Marina Navratilova is having a hard time getting a word in NGIs on the trans stuff. She's been persecuted. That's what this is about. You're all tools. You're being used Completely by agree. the devil because he hates God. Yep. And that's it. Yep. Yep. You got lured into promoting this and then in the end... You're looking around like Tonto saying, what do you yeah. mean we Lone Ranger? Yep. They left you on the side of the road like they do all of their ideologies. Yes. Because the same demons hate you every bit as much as they hate us. Because like us, you also were made in the image of God. And that's who they truly hate. Right on the money. We care way more about your average gay person than I they do. I completely agree. John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.